to kick off episode two of the Fact Check This podcast. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about something that has not been brought up at all in 2020, and it's really a shame. I want to talk about COVID-19. Oh, yeah. So anyway, um, what I really want to talk about, I pulled up fee.org. It's, uh, they do a lot of economics-based reporting and stuff. It's a private organization. Um, and if you click on the stories tab of fee.org, everything that comes up right off the bat is in relation to suicides, uh, deaths from other things not related to COVID-19 that are actually related to COVID-19 because of the lockdowns and everything else that's been going on. So I wanted to talk about a lot of that stuff uh, because it's it's important stuff to talk about and it's really not getting a lot of traction. Like in the wake of everybody talking about all of the lockdowns and how I mean, mainstream politicians, especially on the left, who want to continue to lock down and lock down even further on everything, and they're completely ignoring all of the stuff that says uh, they're completely ignoring the World Health Organization, even saying that these lockdowns are not good and they're not beneficial and they are doing more more harm than they are good in terms of just the economy and everything about the way uh, people are handling this and, and how this is going. So one of the things that you want to look at uh, just right off the bat, like the very first art article. Suicides are up nearly 100% among young people in Wisconsin's second largest county. And it, it's because of social isolation. Uh, if we look at the social, isola social isolation, the statistics and the numbers and everything on all of this, so, so social isolation increases the death rate by 30% over the next seven years, according to 70 studies that took into account 3.4 million people who were looked at and studied over a course of time. And uh, these studies were done, <clears throat> these studies were done just on normal isolation events over, you know, a number of years before all the COVID stuff happened. That doesn't even take into account all of the craziness that's been involved with COVID. So there could be even more uh, negative effects of this just because of the way COVID has been handled. Like just social social isolation alone increases the death rate by 30%. So we are forcing people to lock down and socially distance and isolate away from everybody. And that is proven, proven to put people in a, a bad state of mind and create a higher death rate. Suicides for this year are projected to increase by 20 to 30 percent. That's roughly 7,000 more suicides this year than in than uh, last year. Uh, what is the cost of these lockdowns? Like, nobody wants to talk about this kind of stuff. And it's it's really so nobody in the mainstream media wants to talk about this stuff because they've got to push their narrative that the only way to get pot get through this is to keep locking people down and keep people, you know, cooped up at home. Don't let anybody out that we have to have the government take care of us in every way, shape, form, and fashion. And it's proving itself over and over again that it's, it's not working. It's not working. I mean, you can look at uh, Europe, all across Europe, even in the most strictly locked down countries, 
they are seeing a resurgence of COVID cases. Now, the same as here in the United States, we're also seeing a resurgence in cases, but the death rates are significantly lower in this resurgence. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot more testing being done. There's already been proven by the CDC. Uh, I'm there. Gosh, I'd have to look it up and try to find the link to the article. Um, there was an article that came out a couple weeks ago that said that the testing that they're using is way, way too sensitive. Uh, it's what it's finding with a lot of these uh, cases is that the the disease is not even active. Like it's it's locating dead cells of disease or uh, inactive disease. Like it, it's not even it's way too sensitive, and that's the reason there are so many false positives. I, I think it's, uh, they said like 90% of the positives are false positives or asymptomatic positives or like not actually active live disease that that are getting checked as positives. And another, like the, the reporting is, it's dishonest at best, uh, if not just all out fabrication and lie. Uh, so when somebody gets tested for the disease, if they have a positive test, then they have to retest in 10 days or whatever, retest every week. And so when they go back and they get retested, if they still test positive the next time around, it counts as a new positive test. So if that person spends four weeks in the hospital and they get tested every week and the test comes back positive every week, that one person will count for four positive tests. Like they don't take into account that it's the same person. So the number can grow exponentially just based off of uh, same tests being done over and over again on people that are still sick or, or recovering. Uh, and, and then a lot of the recoveries don't even get recorded after, like after the person has recovered and they're no longer sick, then they just disappear from, the records, but they don't get counted as no longer sick. They don't get counted as no longer or as recovered from the disease. So it, you just get these compiling, like it never ends. It never stops going up. So, you know, we get these caseloads and how many people have been diagnosed with COVID is something outrageous. And okay, how many of those people are actually actively sick right now that haven't recovered do we even know is there any is there any knowledge of that at all like to, let's see total total coronavirus cases in the united states is let's call it 8.9 million 8.9 million and that's just a cumulative number but they throw that number out there like it's like it's 8.9 million are sick and in the hospital with coronavirus right now and it's just disingenuous and unfair reporting and untrue in every way and yes there have been hospitals at certain times in certain places of the country that have had uh met capacity and have had issues getting supplies but that's not the case right now and even in the places that are seeing resurgence they're not seeing it at the level that it's requiring like mass hospitalizations, it's 
we're better at treating it. We know what it is. And a lot of it is younger people who are starting to get it now that didn't get it early on. So it doesn't have near the fatality rate. And even when it does, the, what 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 was the CDC numbers? It was like an you, you've got a ninety nine point nine seven percent chance of surviving this. Like unless you're over seventy with three comorbidities, your survival rate is ninety seven or ninety nine percent. I mean, it's just outrageous that they continue to to push the lockdowns when it's being proven on a wide scale that the lockdowns do not accomplish anything. Uh, so this year we're going to have deaths by heart disease up 29%. We're going to have deaths by stroke up 32%. Uh, there is a projected, let's see, it is projected that the disrupted sleep patterns, um, effects to the immune system, and higher stress hormones from lockdowns and uh, social, iso social isolation are going to contribute even more and more to the increased death rate that social isolation causes anyway. Uh, it's expected that there will be 10,000 excess deaths from cancer over the next decade due to delays in diagnosis, treatment. We're already seeing it now. People are dying from cancer because they can't get their cancer treatment because the hospitals are not letting anybody in except for COVID. The whole thing, we really have turned the, the treatment into a worse disease than the disease is on its own. Uh, so, you know, looking at some of the other stuff, like we've already talked about overdoses, uh, or I may not have, overdoses in the month of April were up 29%. Overdoses in the month of May were up 42% over last year. And I shared a post about this and, and talked about it on my Facebook page back in March and April when all of these lockdowns were starting to roll out. Like People are going to die because they are not being able to do the things that would keep them out of these situations. Social, social isolation is a terrible thing. At kids, uh, there was an article that showed the number of kids, like school-age kids, that had considered suicide over the summer because of the social social isolation and not being allowed to get out and do things and see their friends and and spend time just being kids. Uh, we are killing a generation right now because we won't let them out of their houses and not we like I think probably anybody who actually listens to me or pays attention or or knows me knows that I don't support this shit at all uh early on in COVID I was on the side of caution I never really agreed with the mask thing but I did kind of take the the side of the social distancing uh you know with working in retail and being just slammed on a daily basis, it was it was frustrating because it was all fresh and it was all new and we didn't really know what was going on at the time. And while I thought that lockdowns were certainly on the extreme end of things and unwarranted and unjustified, I did agree that 
there needed to be social distancing. Like people needed to be cautious. Uh, it was especially frustrating because at you know from the get go, everybody knew that older people in poor health were the most at risk. Like you could see that right away that older people in poor health were obviously very at risk. And a lot of the people that we were seeing at the store were 65, 70 years old, having trouble getting around. Like they were clearly the demographic that should have been socially distancing and trying to protect themselves. And they didn't give a shit. They're out there living life. And we all should have been given the opportunity to do that, to, to carry on. But then the more, uh, the more countries and the more states that started to jump on the, the lockdown mask mandate bandwagon, it just, it really felt like once some of these governors and uh, politicians could see that there was a mad power grab going on and that with that mad power grab, they could basically just run everything through executive order and totally circumvent the entire system that is built to contain their power and to keep them from being able to just trample on our freedoms and our liberties. They, they saw that executive order and the, the threat of a, a pandemic gave them outright tyrannical power to do whatever they wanted, to mandate whatever they wanted, and to control our lives in the way that they saw fit. And so they jumped on it and they ran with it. And I, true to form, I mean, it, it, it showed exactly what power-hungry politicians really are. Like, they all came out and showed their colors. So they, they, they proved without a doubt who they are and what they are and what they care about. So, so here we are, like locking down the entire society and putting people out of work. Uh, some more statistics on that stuff. I, there was a thing uh, from Spike Cohen, the Libertarian Party's VP candidate. Uh, he said, you know, the government expected businesses that operate on a three to four percent margin to come back and be successful with 50 percent capacity. Uh, you you were setting these businesses up for failure. There are so many businesses that will never come back. I, I don't give a shit what they say about the economy recovering and people coming back to work and all of this stuff. It The numbers in and of themselves are conflated anyway. Like it, everything about the, the economic numbers are, it's a, uh, I mean, it's propped up on nothing. Uh, there is nothing holding up the economy right now. It, uh, hopes and dreams of the politicians, then basically it's their hopes and dreams that you never find out that there's actually nothing uh, supporting it, <laughs> but because it's all going to fall through. And that that could very well be the the end of uh, the country as we know it anyway, is the whole economy is going to collapse in on itself. Like they start rolling out all this stimulus shit. The country is already trillions upon trillions of dollars in debt. And then they roll out another seven trillion worth of spending this year alone. We have, we were already bankrupt. We have now bankrupt ourselves as a country for eternity. There is no coming back from this. It, 
and it's all going to come home to roost eventually. Like there's, there's no avoiding it uh, indefinitely. And, and I don't, I don't, it's like politicians. So I'm going to get off on a whole other tangent with the economy and everything because they base everything on this, uh, this Keynesian economic model that when, uh, when things are good, you tax more and spend less. And when things are bad, you tax less and spend more. And it props everything up and it just, it bankrupts the system. Like you can't, you can't tax less and spend more. Like the whole, the only way that tax cuts work is if you also cut spending. And at the same time, taxing more doesn't work either because the higher the taxes, people are going to find ways to get around it. People are going to stop spending. People are going to, you disincentivize people to actually work and to make a living and to do these things. Uh, Taxes are a punishment. It's why it's called, it's a tax. It doesn't incentivize people to do anything productive. So when they keep piling these on and adding it up and adding it up, it just drives the market down. It drives people out. And it's, it's absolutely insane. So they're spending more and more, but they're not letting people go to work. So the economy is never recovering. And then when they do start letting people go to work, they're not actually letting these businesses open up in a way that they can make money. So it just keeps the, the it's driving economic or worldwide poverty levels are skyrocketing right now. And they're not coming back down. The longer these lockdowns drag out, the less and less likely these jobs are coming back. And if these jobs don't come back, the people who had them are not going to get able are not going to be able to pull themselves back up out of this. And there's no amount of government spending. There is no amount of stimulus that is going to pull people who haven't been able to work since fucking April and May for the last six months have been out of a job. There is no amount of government spending that can pull those people back out of that hole that they put them in. And that's the thing that the average idiot doesn't understand is government cannot spend you into prosperity. You have to be able to earn that yourself. And the government will never tell you that they want you to think that as long as you are 100% reliant on them, they will take care of your every need all the time. And that is bullshit. They are not capable of doing that as an untainable system because the people who actually are taking care of you are the people like me who have been working nonstop since all of this happened and trying to provide for our own families. We can't, we can't support other people as well. We don't have that kind of money, but the government is going to take our money from us being able to support our own families to try to support everybody that they've put out of work. And that is it. The whole thing is going to collapse in on itself. And it's, it's an embarrassment that something else that I've talked about is the education system in this country and how, how people don't understand how, how just basic economics work or how taxes actually work. None of it fucking works. And it's all just a Ponzi scheme that's going to implode. And we're the average Joe, you and me, we're the ones who are going to be left holding the bag. Nobody in government is going to be accountable for any of this. They have padded their pockets 
and they have built their nest eggs. And when the whole thing blows up, they have enough money that they can bolt and they'll be fine. And we'll be the ones who are left stuck hand, hang, holding the bag and trying to figure out how to recover from all of this. We've, we've got to reach a point where people are questioning why we're, why the government is doing the things that they do, where people start to look for answers to those questions outside of, you know, typical mainstream media and starts to find a way to get out of this and get away from the duopoly that like neither party is providing any actual solutions or answers. They've spent the past uh, century and a half fighting with each other over how to spend our money. And all the while, everything that they touch, they create more problems and zero solutions. Right now, there are groups and organizations all around the world that would take care of uh, impoverished children and countries like third world countries. Um, 10,000 child deaths per month are linked to hunger right now. And that is because actual problem solving charitable organizations and groups go and take care of those kids and provide them with food and take care of these third world countries and impoverished nations and help them pull themselves up and create uh, reliable sources of income and food and water and everything that they need to, to be functional in society. All of these governments are shutting all of that down. And so now people aren't able to be taken care of the, the all of the steps that have been taken to end world poverty over the last 20 years have effectively been wiped out by government overreach over the last six months. Uh, I think the number was something like, so it's 10,000 children per month worldwide are effectively starving to death because of these government lockdowns. And then on top of that, I think the number was another like 550,000 are uh, what is considered like danger zone. Uh, we have, government has completely and totally created a worse problem with the cure for this pandemic than what the pandemic ever would have been if just left unchecked. And they would have you believe that they have all the answers and they have all the solutions and that you should rely on them. Never, never should you rely on the government to solve any problem. You have freedom, you have liberty, and you have the God-given right to go out there and earn a living and to make the decisions for yourself on what's best for your life and what helps you be safe and be healthy. And we got to get back to living those principles and fighting for those principles because it's going to be a fight. It's coming down the pike pretty quick. 
right, left, Democrat, Republican, they're all shit. And they all want the same thing. And that's to keep you locked up and under their thumb. And we've got to be ready to stand up and say, no, this this isn't going to happen anymore. I'm going to wrap this up. I do want to give a shout out to uh, my buddy Zach, Lorenzotti with Lorenzotti Coffee. Uh, he's what fuels me every day on uh, getting up and getting my coffee and getting me bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to get on here and uh, smile and do these kinds of things. I also want to promote uh, the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus. If you don't know what it is, ask me about it. I post links to their stuff all the time. It's a really awesome movement within the Libertarian Party that is uh, picking up a lot of steam. And it's like, I call it libertarianism uh, for actual libertarians. Like they, they really do stand by um, the principles of Ron Paul and Murray Rothbard and Ludwig von Mises. And it's everything from libertarianism that you really want. And I just encourage you to go look into those things. Look at B.org and get some news from there. Uh, look into some different news sources. I've got uh, I got links and different different ones that I check into pretty regularly. So if you got any questions about that kind of stuff, uh, shoot me a message. Let me know. Uh, let's all get out there and educate ourselves and learn how to be better, better citizens of the world and take care of each other. Everybody have a good day.